Welcome to the Normal to Nomad podcast, where we share stories, thoughts, ideas, and conversations on our journey to find balance with nature in a technologically advanced world. My name is Baron. And I'm Elsa. We live together in a 13-foot scamp trailer with our dog camp in the American wilderness. Greetings. Welcome to another podcast coming at you from the high desert of Utah. We're about 6,000 feet. Something like that, with the most epic view that we've ever Ever had. This episode is on human interaction. (laughs) We're going to talk about all the conversation starters that we use and how we interact with people we're out here in the wilderness. And why it's nice to be nice to other people. It's strategically favorable to be a kind (laughs) person. So in this town, for example, uh, I was locking the car and a guy noticed that we were from Kansas City by our license plate and I started talking to him and it turns out that he is one of the people in this town that's um, sort of like bringing new life to it and stuff and he invited us over for wine and showers and to do our laundry took him up on the wine we did showers and laundry in town but the interesting thing is that he himself he noticed our license plate because he has spent a lot of time in Kansas City yeah and just by being kind and interacting and being curious and asking him questions, he invited us in to invited us to buy property on this in this town and everything and was super cool. He seems to be the man of money in this tiny, tiny town. So that was kind of a, a by chance thing. Yeah. Not so much an example of how just because we were nice, we got rewarded. Well, had I not been kind to him or just, like, blew him off and been like, yeah, Kansas City, peace. Then <laughs> well, yeah. the interaction would have gone differently. But things, I don't know, I feel like we, uh, there's a lot of examples of how our kindness has gotten us some pretty direct, almost, rewards, you could say. The most visceral that I remember is that time that we were in the city, you were super nice to the Chipotle burrito maker, so nice that they gave you a free burrito. But that's not, it's not like I'm trying to abuse that. No. It's just that I've found, like in high school and stuff, I was like pretty frustrated with um, a lot of things. So sometimes I was more crass than I should have been, or I would say things that are, that were needed to be said or were true, but um, they weren't the nicest thing in the world. But I've realized that through kindness, it just makes... If I am kind, it makes my whole experience as a human a lot easier. That definitely uh, is true with making friends with our neighbors. For sure. We are in, uh, it's a benefit to us to be nice to our neighbors. Because then they get to know that we are not these dirty hippies living in a little trailer. And they look out for us, we look out for them. Right, it's kind of like an, an unsaid rule that... When you are friends with people who live near you or who park near you, you kind of watch out for each other's stuff when when you leave. Yeah. At least that's usually our hope to happen. Usually it happens. Sometimes not so much. In our relationship, I think I'm kind of the... uh... You make the friends. (laughs) (laughs) I wait to see what you think of the new people and then... I become friends with them. Not that I'm rude to them, but you're just generally more outgoing than I am. So my strategy that I've found in meeting people and interacting with people is to be confident and humble. Like, don't be arrogant. Just, like, be cool. Mm -hmm. Talk to people. And always have a smile. Ask questions and dive into what people bring up and generally be curious. Yeah, that's... I think that's number one when meeting people is talk to them about them. Yeah. Because everybody likes that. You'll always make friends if you talk to them about them. And if they say something interesting, like dive into that and probe into it deeper rather than just going off on a story about yourself. Right. Don't talk about yourself unless people ask. Once people realize that you're a good person, they'll often invite you into like as nomads into their homes Mm -hmm. or just tell us different things like where we could camp or what hikes we should do or All different kinds of information that if we didn't have those interactions, we wouldn't have access to. One of the most valuable things that these strangers offer us is showers. Yeah. And, I mean, that's kind of a vulnerable thing to offer someone. Yeah. Is 
access to your bathroom for them to get naked and take a shower in. So yeah, it's kind of a weird thing. But. Yeah, it's it means a lot when people do offer us that. So whenever we get to a new campground or a new area, I'll generally go on a walk, and it helps to have a dog so that you're not just like walking around. Yeah, so yeah, you're not just like some <laughs> in front weirdo. Of people's campsites. Yeah, but having a dog, it makes it a lot easier. So I'll go around and kind of meet people and just feel out the area, see what people are like, and if they seem like they can be trusted and all that. And even if people seem sketchy or um, like uh, pack rats or methy, if you will, mm-hmm. uh, I'll still generally talk to them and just see what's going on. Because if you're kind to people, especially if they seem like they're down on their luck or whatever. Um, they won't mess with you. Right. And they really appreciate it, too. Mm-hmm. And then those people always look out for you, too. Another thing is your appearance is your, the first impression that you make. And that sucks because... <laughs> we don't always look as nice as we could but we try to not look super haggard you know we do what we can without a shower right so that's that's something to be mindful of like if if, you come up smelling like an onion and looking like your hair is wet but it's actually grease yeah you might make a different impression on someone well and like i have holes in most of my clothes but i try to not wear the ones that have holes in them when I'm meeting new people and like going around the campsite or if we're going into town and stuff. Yeah. So that it sucks that you got to think about what you look like. But did you it's throw okay. away that pair of boxers? That yeah, I finally did. <laughs> looked like a freaking g-string with all the holes in it. <laughs> they were my first pair of merino wool boxers, so I kind of had a sentimental place in my heart. But for then, them. because of all the holes, it was as though you were not wearing underpants. Yeah, it was. They were. They could have been more functional. But they never got gnarly because they had so little thread. <laughs> so the, your pants did instead. It was like they didn't function as underpants. Yeah. So that's kind of our strategy in kindness. Um, the next thing that we wanted to dive into is conversation starters. This will probably be a fun topic. Yeah, we thought that it... I mean, it's so useful to have interesting conversations because in this lifestyle, it's... Like, when you go out to a bar... You're kind of drinking, and the the point of going out to a bar is a little bit different than, say, coming out to a campfire where there's it's quieter, there's room to talk, so it's fun to have good questions to ask the people around, because like Baron said, it's nice to ask other people questions rather than just tell stories about yourself. And we thought that in giving you some of our favorite question ideas, you would not only come up with things to talk to other people about, but you get to know us. And this is still early in the podcast. And these are super effective out in the wilderness because people aren't generally concerned with the normal small talk of sports and politics and stuff as much. Mm -hmm. But so these things, though, you can dive deeper into conversations in bars or wherever you are. Yeah, true. you'll seem more interesting, (laughs) maybe. Okay, so my first question is, what is something that is popular now that annoys you? (laughs) Something that's popular now. So, like, something that's in vogue? Yeah, I guess so. Oh, the carnivore diet. Oh, yeah. That annoys you? Yeah. I think it's kind of interesting. Well, I I do too, but I think, like, on a person-to-person basis, it's useful because it's an exclusionary diet where you're cutting out different things that you would have an allergic response to. So in like small doses or if you have like an autoimmune disease or whatever, I think it's a super useful thing. And I think a lot of people individually could benefit from it. But if we're like espousing this as the way to go and everybody should switch to carnivore diets, (laughs) ecologically speaking, it's pretty disastrous. Mm -hmm. Depending on how you're sourcing your food. Like if you're spearfishing for all your fish out like on a beach and you're eating pure carnivore then great but if you're just eating a bunch of like gnarly raised cows then it's like in styrofoam from price chopper right it's like you could if you zoom out like it may be good for you but like there's a lot of other people and animals out here that we got to be mindful of well then on that note i would say completely opposite spectrum veganism is super popular and kind of annoying too but only because i mean It fits into the ecological kind of area. Like, it makes up for that ecologically. Aside from the people who then say that they're vegan and go to the store and pick up all the vegan freezer food with tons of packaging and lots of chemicals, preservatives and things. 
Uh, that isn't super ecologically friendly, but all the people on YouTube who are vegans, it's, not all of them, but... It's more when you, like, identify as something. Like, if you identify as a carnivore or a vegan... And tell other people how to live their lives. Yeah. To be more like you. That's I, annoying. Yeah, I appreciate both of them for their own virtues, but it's also... Yeah, it's kind of hard. And then minimalism on YouTube, where people are like, okay, these are the top ten minimalist things you should buy. It's like, well, maybe you should not buy so many things <laughs> and start there, you know? Like, yeah. there's a lot of people saying that they're... And I, I, it's especially annoying just because of how we live and stuff. But, And I appreciate the virtue in it, just like I do the carnivore diet and, and veganism, veganism and everything else. But at the same time, it's like, come on, man. Like, you're buying all these things and you're calling yourself a minimalist and... Yeah. It's kind of like, it's become sort of an in vogue thing that's a little bit obnoxious, but it's generally good. So sorry to start it out on a <laughs> pessimistic note, and I hope we didn't offend anybody, but... A lot of people, when they're starting a conversation, will ask, what do you do? And that kind of annoys me, because it's always been a hard question for me to answer, because I do a lot of things. So I like to ask people, what do you do? And pause for a second, and than say for fun because most people are asking it what do you do for work yeah and and when people do ask you what do you do uh or when they ask me that I like to clarify and be like what do you mean like what do I do for what for money or for <laughs> you fun really do <laughs> you just to kind of like probe into it because it's annoying like why do you only want to talk about what people do for work and I know that that's how a lot of people like define themselves and that's their identity but because that's most what they spend most of their time doing sure sure so to what? clarify that question. What do you do? What do I do for fun? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what do I do for fun? Um, reflexively, I want to respond to rock climbing, but we haven't been doing a bunch of that lately. Mm -hmm. Just walking with camp is one of my favorite things to do. Just going on long walks, mm -hmm. listening to podcasts, watching YouTube. I don't know. Just generally being in nature. Uh, a lot of people where we currently are in Utah... Um, it has a lot of different, like, named places, like Zion. canyons and, Zion yeah, and, Bryce Canyon and national and parks and, and hikes and... Really epic stuff. Yeah, it's all super cool. But at the same time, I just want to be here and enjoy the views and get the work done, like these podcasts and stuff that we've been meaning to do, and mm -hmm. just be... Like, I don't need to go accomplish everything, you know? You keep saying, I don't want to go anywhere that has a name. Yeah. But, I mean, we're living like we would in the city. However, we have no distraction, and we live in a beautiful spot in a very tiny home with very few possessions. So it's nice to be able to keep doing our work, but from a super peaceful place. An and, inspiring place. Yeah. And in the meantime, not only just working, because that's lame, but reading and drawing and listening to podcasts like you said listening to music playing music so conversation when people do go on these trips though like they want to go that it's the it's the point of the trip yeah. to go on a vacation to somewhere else but we kind of live well and on then a you like you tick mark all the different places yeah like we did zion we did bryce we did this that and moab and that was kind of like that's why it was one of those things to experience moab but then we got <clears> there and there were just so many people so that's why I'm trying to find places that, like, don't have names that people recognize so that there's less people and we can have our solitude. But I, I, I get that. Like, when I used to, um, on the weekends, just escape down to Arkansas to go climb, mm -hmm. I would try to climb, like, the hardest routes that I could find. Because it's your only time away right. to do so that. So I had to, like, make it as epic as possible yeah. and, like, fit in as much as much epicness as I could. But now that we're out here all the time, I have less of a drive to, like, go conquer and mm -hmm. come back with things, stories to talk about or whatever. Yeah, it would be super cool to go see Zion, but I would rather be in this epic spot away from all the people than go be with all the people in an epic spot. And it's not that we don't like people, but it just makes life a little bit harder and more stressful when so many people are around. Even going to, like, restaurants or gas stations or whatever. Right. So is it your turn to ask something? What's the most useful thing that you own? Probably the scamp. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, totally. My initial thoughts always go to my tech devices, my laptop and my iPad, because that is basically my production studio in my backpack. Everything that I need. The scamp was the third answer that I came up with. Derek Sivers was interviewed on Tim Ferriss, and he said something to the effect of, it, your first answer isn't as interesting because it's so reflexive, so it's like the first uh, thing that comes to your mind. So like once you stew on something for a second and come up with maybe your second or third answer, okay. it's more interesting. Then my third answer <laughs> would be our Goal Zero batteries. Yeah. Freaking so useful. And our internet, um, our Wi-Fi hotspot's pretty useful too. And our BioLite headlamps. Yeah. Those are great. Um, I would say, though, from a monetary perspective, like a way to make money so that I can have all the other things that I need, uh, my computer. But I would like to transition to doing all the things on my iPad instead, um, just because it's... Do you think that's going to be the way that people move? Yes, for sure. I Why? really, really do. Because with a keyboard, an external keyboard... Like you can do uh, everything. on an iPad. Yeah. And then with uh, pencils or like the input device that's like an extent, it's like a pencil versus a mouse. Mm -hmm. It's a lot more intuitive and exacting and mm -hmm. useful for drawing and everything. Yeah. And uh, the iPad sort of forces you to be in one task. So when I'm on my computer, my computer is useful because I can be doing a bunch of different things at once. I can have like a bunch of programs open and be doing research and doing all those things. But on the iPad, it like silos you into different things. Well, honestly, that's why most people would probably prefer to have a laptop because right. everybody's so focused on doing Everything multitasking. Yeah. Uh, my thought is that I just need it to have enough processing power and RAM and like ability to... But it does. Yeah, you're right. Because with the... However, okay. can we just like <laughs> indulge this for a second? Because okay. I love this. Okay. So Apple is making their own processors in-house now. And their new like A12X, like Bionic processors or whatever for their uh, iOS devices. They're super, super powerful. And how the operating system is written, it doesn't use as much RAM as a com normal computer would. Oh. So even if you compare like Macs to PCs, they use far, Macs use far less RAM than a PC would. Mm. So you don't need as much like hardware behind it to do the things that you're doing. Well, that makes sense. And, like, so with, then I'm missing yeah. out on the software because the software doesn't meet the expectations but, of what I need. But for Adobe. Video, for photos. Yeah, but Adobe is releasing their whole suite on for iPad. iPad. Yeah. Whoa. And they announced that like two keynotes ago. And LumaFusion. And Procreate and all Isn't these things. But but LumaFusion is there aside from like audio scrubbing. Okay, next question. Sorry <laughs> for the derailment, but we should have a tech podcast. Yeah, well, I know days. that we will. I know. Okay, my turn to ask you, and then we can both answer. If you could pick two people that you're a mix of, who would it be? My two people? I think I could think about this a little bit more, but I would say Jane Goodall. She's one of the most badass women who has been a counterculture woman for her whole life. I watched her master class recently, and she's just such a badass. And she has been my whole life. I remember studying her when I was in grade school and doing a project on her and dressing up as Jane Goodall with a monkey, doing some sort of class project. <laughs> she's an awesome lady. And then Jenna Marbles, who I think a lot of people... Um, don't have a whole lot of respect for her because she's just a YouTuber, but she has been YouTubing since, I've been watching her since she started, which is basically since the beginning of YouTube, and she is still so relevant, and she's one, I think she might be the most popular female YouTuber, but she hasn't taken any of that to her head. She's one of the obviously most humble people on YouTube. And her videos, are every, even still, every single one is getting millions of views. And I just think that that's really cool that she has stayed very much down to earth, very much true to herself as she has gained a ton of popularity and fame and money. And she's still just a normal person putting out really silly videos every week. If you hear panting and licking and everything in the background, that's camp. He's <laughs> currently laying in the sun. <laughs> Just being awesome. Who are yours? Um, if I could pick two people, 
my old answer was Bruce Lee and Richard Feynman. Um, Richard Feynman's a physicist, and he's just like a fun-loving, learning, awesome dude. Um, Bruce Lee, because his he was tuned into like physical, like he was uh, really took care of his body and his physical ninja. And he, yeah, he was like a martial artist, which I think is interesting. But I'm not super into martial arts. Maybe at some point. Um, and then his philosophy really above all else and that he brought that sort of eastern thinking into the west i thought that was really powerful in really visceral ways through like western movies right right and he his books i think are more powerful than his movies um all of his journal entries and everything but now i want to switch from Richard Feynman to um, Steve Irwin. I think, <laughs> I think that's very fitting. I think I'm more Steve Irwin than totally. Feynman. But, so Bruce Lee and Steve Irwin. Okay, this is my favorite question ever. This is the one question that I ask everybody. What instrument are you and what instrument do you wish you were? Do you want me to go first? Sure. I think I'm a bass guitar. Just because I keep it pretty mellow and just hold the tone. <laughs> and your voice. And my voice, yeah. Uh, I would, I, my answer was always that I would like to be a saxophone. Just because they're so expressive and sexy and mm-hmm. fun and um, soulful. But after a recent plant medicine experience, I think I'm going to switch it to, I want to be a didgeridoo. <laughs> Um, I think didgeridoos are just incredible, and I want to learn to play one. we got to get one sometime soon. Yeah, I, that would take a lot of practice to get good at a didgeridoo. Yeah, but it would, it, to get so bad at it, though, strength. to get bad at it would be pretty quick, you know? To get bad at it? You'd start bad. Yeah, but you you can still, like, just make noises through it. <laughs> yeah, true. But to get to where you can do sort of, and it's... Like the circular breathing. Mm-hmm. What you're actually doing is, you're, it's not actually like circular breathing. Like you're not breathing in through your nose and out through your mouth at the same time. You're holding breath in your cheeks, in your mouth, and breathing that out as you breathe in through your nose. Hmm. So that's like your reserve. A didgeridoo, by the way, is one of those long, tubular... Australian, I think, is where it came from. Yeah, maybe. New Zealand. And now they're being used to teach people to breathe who have sleep apnea. Oh, interesting. Yeah, which is pretty That's interesting. That's cool. Yeah. yeah, we should get one. I just don't know where the heck we would put it. Yeah. Well, yeah. Anyway, we're getting a didgeridoo soon. My instrument that I feel like I am is a piano. And that also is because I played piano for many years of my life. But they're beautiful and really complicated. And I think that, that suits me well. Um, and they're expressive. Yeah. And, like, you're good at a lot of things. And you can kind of fit a piano into all kinds of music. Yeah. Um, I wish that I was drums. Any kind of drum. Uh, like a... What's, what are those little drums? There are two of them. Like a... Bongos? Bongos. It'd be fun to be a bongo. Just loud, <laughs> confident drums. That's what I wish that I was. I'm working on it. Alright, I got one. Uh, What's your favorite animal? And then a follow-up question is, what animal are you? Similar to the instruments. Uh, I think it's because of camp, but my favorite animal right now is a fox. They're so elusive and cool and sly. And any time we see one, it's a magical experience. Right, I know. Foxes are awesome. The animal that I am... Which isn't the same as a spirit animal. I still haven't decided (laughs) what that is. But But just to clarify. I think I would be some sort of a bird. We thought earlier maybe a flamingo. Um, I don't know that I I am a flamingo. Kind of hummingbird-like sometimes. Yeah, that's nice. I think I'm a little bit less badass. But you're not like so spazzy. Like hummingbirds are... (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I want to say a crane, but I still have some spiritual work to do before I can be a crane. Um, my favorite animal is probably uh, Rachidactylus lichianus. Mm, you had one of those. I had two of those well, for a minute. Well, you still, it's technically yeah. yours. One of my friends in Kansas City is looking after Dina, um, <laughs> Brett. <laughs> Who used to, her name used to be Dino. Yeah, 
but then she laid an egg. <laughs> so now she's Dina. Um, but they're the largest species of gecko in the world. I've always loved reptiles and um, had pet geckos pretty much my whole life until we moved into this camp. So geckos have a special place in my heart. And the Rachidactylus uh, genus is especially interesting because they eat mostly fruits and they don't have a lot of natural predators so they're pretty like nice to interact with mm. lychees are kind of the most aggro of any of the racks but mm. and technically like crested geckos are not rachidactylus anymore why uh i don't know there's some sort of like delineation in their species like chihua and um Lichianus and gargoyles are still classified as rachidactylus i believe but they they pulled crested out for some reason I love how much of a reptile nerd you are. Oh, and caiman lizards, I think, are super interesting. Mm. They're like a aquatic iguana-looking lizard that has a red head and a green body, and they eat snails. If we ever... Or in the, yeah, if we, once we have a house, I want to get a caiman lizard. Okay. And a tegu again. Mm-hmm. And then which animal am I? Um, maybe an owl. A bear. A bear. Yeah, a bear for sure. A nice bear. A, yeah. a black bear. Yeah. Connor, my brother, said that, um, he said that I'm a, he, talking to me, he said that you're a bear, but it's chill. <laughs> like, like, you don't want to mess with me because, like, I'm a bear, but I'm a chill bear. <laughs> yeah, I'd agree. Yeah. Definitely so. not a grizzly. No. What do you bring with you everywhere you go, besides your phone? Besides my phone, my Nalgene water bottle. It's a mini Nalgene, teeny little water bottle with a teeny spout, not one of those big ones. Yeah. It's a pretty useful little thing. I actually was the one who found that. Yeah. And then you decided it's yours. I did. But I can keep it in my pocket, and it fits in cup holders, and it's great. What I bring with me everywhere I go, for the most part, is our dog, Camp. Especially right now, he's struggling with some allergies, though we've kind of gotten to them right as they started, so they've been a lot better than they have been any of the years past. For sure. But he has to be with us so that we can check on him and make sure he hasn't scratched his eyeballs out, which he did last year. And we often have our house with us. Yeah, usually. If we're not with our like if we're not at our house, yeah, we bring it with us. <laughs> Unless we go to town to get groceries, which is the nice part about not having a van. We don't have to actually bring our house everywhere we go. We can leave it here, then drive the car into town to get groceries. Yeah. Super useful. Um, next question. Favorite video games? Definitely Lara Croft, Tomb Raider. But which one? Which one was the last one? Not the newest one. Yeah, the one before that. I can't remember what it was called. What, and but I it was the one for, you played it on Mac. PC. Oh, it's only for PC? I played it on PC. It was on our old computer. Okay. It was awesome. I love Lara Croft. She's so inspiring. But I also love Portal. I think that's a super mind puzzle game. I love puzzles. And Zelda, of course, on the Wii. Mm -hmm. Yoshi's Story on N64. I want to get a Nintendo Switch just so we can play Zelda. Yeah, that'd be awesome. What other games... You loved Donkey Kong for N64. Oh, for sure. And Diddy Kong Racing. Yeah. Mario Kart. Super Mario. So, favorite game of all time is definitely World of Warcraft. We need to probably have a podcast on that. We do? On World of Warcraft. When Classic comes out. What would I say? Other than the story about how you made me start playing. Well, once... And being your healer for you and all your friends. Once you, um... Once you start playing Classic with us, it'll be great. We'll have a guild and everything. Um... First video game, well, not first, but one of my earliest video games that I really loved was Roller Coaster Tycoon. Mm, I love those, like, uh, real-time strategy-type games where you're managing a bunch of different things. Tropico is an excellent game. I learned a lot about politics and, like, managing people and stuff from that game. Um, What else? I don't know. I love video games. League of Legends you've played a... League of Legends was fun, but it was it would just like curb my desire to play World of Warcraft more than anything. <laughs> you what were you were like professional World of Warcraft player, weren't you? Well, at one I didn't time? I didn't get paid to do it, but I was like top fifteen hunters in the world. Like I was around 
and Hunter is a class in World of Warcraft on in both arenas and raided battlegrounds. And I was a field marshal. So like on my server, I was like one of the baddest ass people that there were. That is really cool and also um, mostly just really cool. Yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Do you want me to go again? I'm all out of questions, so now oh, okay. it's all up to you. Favorite movie? Little Miss Sunshine has been mine for a long time. I love the story arc of that. It's like the most quintessential story with all the different elements and character development. It's great. It's yours. And I think you like that especially because of your... Film background. Right. Yeah, for sure. Um, not that it's it's an excellent movie even to a noob like myself, but... Yeah. Uh, my favorite movie of all time is probably True Romance. Yes, I remember we watched that right after we met. I'd never heard of it. Most people haven't heard of it, no. but it's got so many famous actors in it right like at the beginning of their acting careers. Like Samuel L. Jackson and Brad Pitt and... Um, Mr. Robot, what's his name? Uh, what is his name? Ethan something? I want to say Kiefer Sutherland, but it's not no. that. Evan... Whatever, Mr. Robot, whoever that yeah, is. Yeah, I can't remember what his name it's is. It's a great movie. Um, but it's written by Tarantino, mm. I believe. Uh, so yeah, for sure, true romance. Favorite TV series? My instinct. Now I'm worried about my instincts and saying. Oh, why? <laughs> oh, because your third answer is the best yes. one. Yes, I. Uh, Mr. Robot is has been one of the. It's so awesome and relevant and really well done i feel like the first series or the first yeah the first did um, you even finish watching the second season yeah yeah the first season was better yeah it, i mean yeah for sure um but that show it's all it almost is too true to my heart and it makes me <laughs> uncomfortable yeah but you liked it because they were using real coding and like real computer stuff yeah like they took a arduino like when they were going to hack the um like AC unit of that server farm, they took an actual piece of hardware that exists and like showed the Python code that they had uploaded onto it. And so everything was like relatively accurate and I appreciated that. Instead of being a lame like sci-fi. Yeah, instead of it being like CSI where it's like some nerd in front of a computer just like, yeah, you know? Yeah, it was, I thought that was cool. Favorite books. Are we done with TV series? Do you have any others that you want to mention? Well, I am a pretty diehard Game of Thrones fan, but I wouldn't say it's one of the best series I've ever seen. It's really entertaining, but it's also like kind of redundant. And I've been dedicated from the beginning, thanks to my dad who got me into it. So I know all the characters, and like I have to see it end, but I think there are other better stories and better shows. It's like a soap opera with sex and violence. Yeah, boobs and dragons. Yeah. It's unfortunate that that's the reputation it got because it really is a good like yeah, it's super it's entertaining. It's a good story too. Yeah. It's complex, but it's intentionally complex. I, I hope think. they end it in a way that doesn't just kill off all the good people cuz that's kind of what it sounds like is going to happen, but we'll see. I'd also say um I'd also say The Handmaid's Tale. It's I read the book. I love Margaret Atwood. And it's just so beautifully executed. It's beautiful. The story is really excellent, too. I haven't watched it yet because I think it would frustrate me. (laughs) Yeah, it probably would. Do you have any beyond, like, the ones that we watched together? I loved Weeds. Like, the first First three seasons seasons of Weeds were really fun. Yeah, it got crazy after that. Yeah, it just got kind of unbelievable. Um, Dexter was pretty good. Love the Planet Earth series. Um, yeah. Favorite books? The Stranger in the Woods is both of our probably favorite, yeah. right? Uh, I don't know about favorite, favorite, but it's definitely up there. I cruised that book faster than yeah. almost any book it that I've so read. It's so relevant. It's about a man, a real true story of a man who lives in the woods for 27 years undetected. He steals from a local, um, what is it, like a, a like resort? A, it's like a camp, like a kid's yeah. camp. So he'd go in and in the winter when everybody was gone for the summer, steal all the um, pr- like canned food items and things he could take back with him. And he would never steal things of value like watches and 
money or anything. Yeah, things that he couldn't use because he didn't sell anything. Um, but he would steal food and blankets and propane, things like that. Super good story. And his desire for solitude and to get away from the sort of culture that is abundant today um, resonate or resonated with me at least. Mm-hmm. Uh, other books, in the context of business, the best two books that I've ever read were Rework by the guys at 37 Signals that made the software management program called Basecamp. And in making Basecamp, they made the um, software development framework called Ruby on Rails, um, which I've used to build several websites. And that book is excellent. Um, it's like a bunch of short essays on how to build a business, not necessarily for exclusively growth, but um, with intention and how to build a business in uh, the kind of the new world that we live in. And then other business book is uh, Let My People Go Surfing mm, I knew you'd say that. by Yvonne Chouinard, the founder of Patagonia. If you haven't read that book, check it out. It's excellent. I, when I, I worked at Backwoods, it was an outdoor gear store for a long time. And I always thought that Patagonia was just like overpriced and I called it Patagucci and all this. But after reading that book, their whole ethos really resonates with me. Um, and One of I've, the most popular companies who brings in the most revenue every year that is the most ecologically minded, yeah. ecologically sourced clothing that you can buy on the market. In the book, uh, Yvonne Chouinard just reminds me of talking to my grandpa. Like he's just matter of fact and intelligent and has an old wisdom about him. Um, so that one. And then, what was, I had one more. Oh, Sapiens by mm. Yuval Noah Harari is uh, probably the best informational book that I've ever read to give me context into where we are as a species and kind of help me find my place in all this. It's a really good audio book too. Yeah. Maybe that's all the books for now on my end. What about you? Any others? Mm, I love stories. I do love informational books, but I love stories. Girl with the Dragon Tattoo. Orange is the New Black is actually a really good book. It's nothing like the show. It's the real story of Piper going into jail. It's a really good book. I've got a lot of, I guess, stories, story books, but I don't think they're super interesting. We could probably do a whole podcast on our favorite books. Yeah, That'd totally. Yeah. Okay, favorite YouTubers? Jenna Marbles, of course, as I've already said. I, I watch mostly, mostly like ASMR baking shows. What about that? Um, girl from China, Seven Oh Plums. my gosh, Liz, Liz, yeah, whatever her name is, it's in Chinese, but she's this badass Chinese woman who cooks very, in very traditional ways, she builds things, the video that I found her through was, she was using bamboo to make furniture, just by hand with no, no nails or anything, she's freaking awesome, I watch every single one of her videos, no talking, just her doing badass stuff outside in very traditional Chinese ways. It's kind of, she's like the female Chinese version of Joe Robinette Bushcraft, <laughs> <laughs> who I don't watch as much anymore, but um, he was somebody I watched for a while. He subscribed to me. Especially you were watching him when we were foraging and kind of like doing yeah. backcountry Yeah, for sure. Awesomeness. He's awesome. I have a big list of YouTubers. First, um, Henny the Business is a guy that I've been watching lately. Uh, he's a producer, and he actually produced some of the tracks for Kendrick Lamar and uh, different, like, badass musicians. And he's the iPad guy, right? Yeah. Does and now, everything on his iPad. Right. He does all of his music production and everything from an iPad now. And I think that's super inspiring and, like, technologically advanced. So he's badass. Sailing the Vagabond is a couple that really inspires us. I because think. they're so much like us, but yeah. they're on water. Yeah, they're sailing around the world. They just had a baby, and they document their lives similar to how we do. Um, Wellen, W-E-L-Y-N, is a really interesting, if you're a nerd and you like the game Rust, which was one of my favorite games of all time, he tells like an awesome story arc in each of his episodes about um, his experience in Rust. And it's super inspiring. Also, you should watch it with me sometime, even okay. though you don't like that game. Cold Fusion, I think he he's like a technologist, and um, he talks all about 
different uh, technological innovations and stuff. Another one, School of Life is excellent in, in a similar vein. Kurzengast, in a nutshell. Who's somebody that I'm always watching? Really, like everybody said. You used to watch a lot more makeup channels, but not so much anymore. Yeah, I've unsubscribed from makeup because I, yeah, for various reasons. I watch a ton of YouTube videos, so I could go on for days on who I watch and I'll just spare you. <laughs> Next question. What activities do you enjoy most? This is hard because I just think of like sports. What are your favorite sports? Well, okay. But, well, I would say swimming is one of my favorite activities ever. Um, but not sports. I love drawing on my iPad. I love drawing on my iPad as I listen to podcasts. Solitaire. I feel like you're playing solitaire no matter what you're mm, doing. No, not so much. I play solitaire when I have to, like, pay attention to mindless things, and I just, like, don't want to fully pay attention to that. <laughs> so then I'll play solitaire as, like, just distracting half of my brain, you know? Mm -hmm. Video games are one of mine. Paintballing was probably my favorite sport of all time that I ever played. Reading has become one of my favorite activities in the scamp. Because like when we were in normal life, any time that I would sit down to read, it was always like I should be doing something else more productive. But um, now I give myself the space for that, and I really enjoy reading. Um, I love to laugh. Like, Oh. I do. That's so nice. Oh. And conversation, <laughs> like talking, having deep conversations with people is one of my favorite things. You can stay out at the campfire, especially with like old men who have a lot of stories yeah. all night long. Yeah. Whereas I go to bed like very <laughs> yeah. early. Well, because you, like, I stay engaged with the conversation and I think you are engaged with the conversation to the point that it like spawns a thought in your head. And oh then you, gosh, like, chase I, that thought. I know, and then I, like, lose the whole conversation because <laughs> yeah. I'm just thinking about that thought. When, yeah, you're so right. Let's do two more. You ask one, and then I'll ask the last one. Okay. What's something that annoys you? <laughs> oh we did, what, We did like, right now. Like, something that you said, something... Something that's popular that annoys you. Yeah, but, but just, just, like, generally, generally speaking, you. what annoys you? I know what yours are. Well, I know because we talked about them. <laughs> what are yours? The most annoying thing right now that happens is when you fart in a scamp after coming in from outside. It doesn't <laughs> make any sense. Why do you do that? I, I think it's because... You get comfortable as soon yeah, as you walk like in. Yeah, like I step in and I'm comfy and like sit down <laughs> or relax. And then I fart and I'm sorry. I, I've been trying to step outside. But then when I step outside, I just come back in and trail it in here. And then it's, then you get just as frustrated. So I don't know what to do. But generally my farts don't stink. And I fart so often that I try not to complain about yours because they always smell like addicts. <laughs> <laughs> um, other things that annoy you? Anything that you can think of? I think general arrogance in strangers that we meet, just blatant arrogance and ego is hard for me to work with. I just want to be on the same playing field. Like, let's just be normal people. And mostly, be I think, because I choose to be, um, to feel, mostly because I tend to choose to feel inferior, especially when people are choosing to to be superior with their arrogance so I tell myself to um to feel bad and f feel unconfident working on that but yeah I just wish people with uh, let's not talk go into that okay I know yours people eating loudly like like that kind of just but it's not even just that obnoxious. It's, it's, People eating chips in like the next room makes you go crazy. But if they're, it's it's how you're eating it. Like if it has no, if you have just complete disregard for everyone else, and you're just just eating like a freaking savage, it really that bothers me more than it should for sure. You yeah. don't like noises of. So in the car, I don't like no like. When something's rattling in the trunk, I don't like that because I, I'm always listening in the car for different noises that could be signals of something failing. 
that makes like sense. a wheel rattling or whatever. So when things are rattling in the car, I'm always so tuned into the car that it really annoys me because I keep checking into it and I'm like, oh no, that's that thing again. That makes sense because I don't even notice. If like yeah. my keys are in the side of the door, you're like, Elsa, grab those keys. Will you grab that? Well, because you're not paying attention to any of that. Dude. Like, dude. <laughs> if the car, like, we could have three wheels and just be dragging on the ground, you'd be like, this is fine. Um, I don't like people telling me what to do, like, uh, and abuse of authority. Yeah. Really that just infuriates you yeah. getting pulled over. I remember it yeah. was such a nice cop in Colorado, of course, but you were like, oh, you were nervous and heated and just not okay with this cop pulling us over. But I just hate it when people jack with me because I'm yeah. like doing my best to not be an asshole and like and to do not everything be as well as I can. Yeah, and just stay under the radar. So when people like abuse their authority and are like get into my business, it just really frustrates me. Like forest rangers yeah. who like 5% of the time Not even 5% of the time. Yeah, forest rangers are usually awesome. Yeah. There was one time where they weren't, but that's a whole nother podcast. Yeah. It's a pretty epic story. And arrogance and ignorance really frustrates me. So when people act like they have everything figured out and they're just like the best and they're just completely ignorant of how things actually work, that uh, frustrates me a lot. Well, I think that's just unfortunate because we're all in the same place of having no idea what's going on. Yeah, actually. So that's why I get frustrated by the arrogance because they don't know anything more than I do. But oftentimes I think it comes out of a place of fear. Like mm -hmm. it manifests as arrogance or like egotistical acting, but at the same time, because they're fearful. A couple more things. When I can't fix a thing, mm. like when I'm trying to fix a thing over and over again and it keeps just breaking, I know. Or when I lose things because mm -hmm. I always I try to like really keep track of things and keep things in their place <laughs> so when I can't find something that's important like that freaking key fob it just drives me nuts that makes sense usually okay. it's me losing everything but you don't get well and I'm trying to keep track of your things for you all the time too <laughs> you don't get as mad at me when I lose things as you get at right. yourself when you lose right. things right because with you it's like this is normal <laughs> <laughs> it's not I it's, don't do it on purpose. Well, yeah, okay. but it's normal. Okay, so <laughs> for the last question, what is your definition of success? And then there's a follow-up question once you answer that. Okay. Uh, my definition of success, like in people? Yeah. Um, I think living ecologically, like finding balance with nature, uh, inspiring people, and helping other people to be the best version of themselves. And, uh, honesty and like not getting too wrapped up in your ego and like who the character that you're playing or who you are. Um, those I think signify a successful person. For many people, it's pretty obvious that money is the beacon of success. But for me, if you have more money than the next person, it doesn't at all mean that I think that you are more successful than the other. It's just one facet of life's games. Yeah, it's a tool. Just yeah. as much of a tool as my laptop is. It helps us get to the next step in building our success. And that then brings us to the next question. But money is a tool. It's not a scorekeeping mechanism. Yeah, which is so... Uh, I wish that more people saw it that way. Because I think that's where a lot of ego comes from and a lot of just unnecessary arrogance like we just talked about because of money, which is such a fake beacon it doesn't mean anything but, but it's because people are fearful of losing it right like but the more materials such you have. a such a it's so highly regarded for no i mean for some reason but i mean what does your fancy car do that my um happiness doesn't i mean does that make sense in living this way it's never been more real that money does not buy happiness and truly we've talked about how if we were granted a million dollars I don't think it would I mean it's hard to say you wouldn't take it but I think our lives would be a lot more complicated if we had a lot more money and I almost would rather not ever yeah. I think it's important for us to figure out how to live frugally and stuff because then 
we have a more wholesome understanding so then if we do come into money in the future then we'll know how to use it and how to like take care of other people right and exactly and like use what we've learned to spend the money on getting this set up for other people right so that question then goes into by that measurement who is the most successful person you know or people i think you no you can't say that well i just did and I think, like, the way that we're living by our measurement of success, we are some of the most successful people that I know. Yeah, that's because true. Because we've really designed our life around what we deem as important. True. I can't think of anyone who I would rather trade places with. Right. Aside from maybe camp. Yeah, he's got it made. Freaking princess over there. But if we, like, zoom out to other people, like Steve Irwin, Bruce Lee, obviously. Um, yeah, it's all the people who then, are doing good good in the world, good for other people, good for the world, good, good for, for themselves. But it's Derek Sivers, when Tim Ferriss asked him this same question on a podcast, and he said that you can't know who the most successful person is because it really depends on how they measure success for themselves. So, like, Richard Branson was his uh, example. Like, what if Richard Branson just wanted to live a quiet life in the hills, but just uh, spontaneously he couldn't help but just make more and more businesses? So he's just miserable in doing that. I don't know that mm. that's the case, but you can't know who is successful without knowing how they measure success. Mm -hmm. So. So I guess now everybody knows that we're successful. because By our own measurement, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Some some people may think otherwise, but that's totally okay. Teach their own. Mm -hmm. Well, I hope that these questions were inspiring. I hope that you can take them and ask them to um, your favorite people or strangers in whatever circumstances you're in. Yeah. Love y'all. Thanks for tuning in. Thank you for listening to this episode. For more information and links to the things we talked about, check out our show notes at normal2nomad.com slash podcast. If you want to see more of what we're up to, we've documented our travels on YouTube for the past three years and are up to a quarter of a million subscribers. Check it out at youtube.com slash Please give us a five-star review if you like the show so other people can find it. Thank you, and have a wonderful day.